Hey guys, we're back. Another episode, another pod. We're back. Replacement level podcast. I'm Rafal. Last week, we were joined by the one and only Chris Phillips, the big Mariners fan. We spoke with him. He will be the third host of our podcast. But now we're mixing it up a bit. Chris and Matt are still AOI, and they still haven't been here. And we're waiting for Matt to come back. Don't know when he'll be back. But we have a new guest, someone who I've been yearning to bring onto this pod for quite some time, Alex Alcazaz from Primetime Sports Talks. I did work with him for quite some time, around a year. He has a ton of history and has a ton of background in the sports industry and as a writer. And I think he's definitely someone to check out. Go, Everyone go check him out on Twitter at Bear Man of TX. He has five podcasts and he is partakes in the Third Down Thursdays. He is a writer there. He has five different podcasts and the Bear of Texas pod, the Playmakers blog, and all that stuff. Alex is the man. Alex, welcome. Well, thank you very much, Raphael. I really appreciate it. Okay, so. Something just to note, um, when I was at Primetime Sports Talk, um, it was always interesting because I knew that you and Alex Keeler had a podcast, but I never really thought of making my own. So I'm kind of excited now because I've recorded six or seven episodes now, and I just realized like, I might as well bring on the OG guys. So I grabbed you. Uh, I'm gonna grab Johnny and Alex one day, but I'm excited and let's hope let's uh, let's dig into some baseball. So Alex, I know we spoke before, and I know that you don't have a favorite team in baseball, but um, assuming that you're somewhat a Rangers fan, what are you th- feeling uh, coming into next next year? Guys hired Bruce Bocce. He has some background in playoff contention he won a world series with san francisco and he might just be your guy he could just be the next man up to turn around your organization down in texas alex what are you thinking well there's obviously tons of potential and i do like the hire but i stress clearly that on my on my rangers show raking around the diamond that there's a lot of options out there And some of the options, according to these sources, one of them was Mike Sosha, the former longtime manager of the LA Angels. Ron Washington, the former Rangers manager, was also an option. But, you know, when I saw that Bruce Bocci was flirted with, like he was in the picture, I said he's the guy that the Rangers really have to go after. If they have a chance to bring him in, you might as well bring that guy in. But I I I had to basically say, but first, let's wish the Rangers luck in convincing him to come out of retirement. And... And that's exactly what they did. So I like the hire, but but uh, let's be honest. The accomplishments that Bruce Bocci achieved uh, in San Francisco speak for themselves. And while I do have all the faith in the world in Bruce Bocci, it's going to take more than one season. Because let's let's remember, Rome was not built in a day. <laughs> uh, I do like that reference right there. Um, and I think just looking at this, at this Texas lineup, and aside from this hire of hiring Bocce and renovating and revamping that management back there, but 
I think simultaneously, I think what it all boils down to is how this lineup and how this rotation can perform because the Rangers lineup has a ton of potential. You have Jonah Heim, who had a spectacular year this past year. Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe. <laughs> my favorite first baseman in the game of baseball. He had an amazing year at first. Simeon and Seeger. I'm guessing that you were a bit disappointed in how that panned out. Um, evidently, you guys signed him to pretty long deals, and I'm guessing that that's not what he expected out of them. And Dolores Garcia had a 25-25 season, 25 homers, 25 stolen bases. And I think if, if you just toss in a few supplementary guys here to fill in for this lineup, I really think this has a ton of potential here. I do think that those young guys like Josh Smith, Josh Young, they will surface and they will emerge sooner than later. They definitely have shown potential over there. Young was just called up. He had not even a month of experience at third base. So I think if you give these guys some time and if you really work with these guys, I think that something can really produce out of that lineup. Um, Alex, from a starting rotation standpoint, are you... Do you have any concerns aside from Martin Perez? Well, I'm actually. I think. Well, speaking of Martin Perez, I mean his his finish last season was definitely uh, a bit a bit shocking for me because you know let's be honest, uh, he he finished a whole lot better than anybody could have pers- honestly anticipated. And you bring up you know all the all the free agency signings that w- the Rangers did you know last year over half a, a billion dollars invested. And that really didn't get the Rangers anywhere, and that's embarrassing. As far as free agency this season, uh, the Rangers did recently acquire Jake Odorisi from the Atlanta Braves, and I did, I did talk about that, but that's just right now, Jake Odorisi is not guaranteed anything. He's not even guaranteed to even be on the on the opening day roster. I mean, he might. We don't even know if he'll make it through spring training. So I mean, that, that's baseball right there in a nutshell, especially for these players, you know, like that. So. As far as the Rangers go, I mean, Jake DeGrom, I believe, was rumored to be uh, linked with a move to the Rangers. But as far as those go, I always say I'll believe it when I see it. But, but you know, the Rangers really need to assemble the pitching rotations, the bullpen, the hitting lineup. The Rangers really need to assemble a roster that is convincing, if you know what I mean. But, you know, at the same time, we need the players to be motivated. We need them to be managed well. They got to build something that possibly could convince the guys that there could be a bright future within the organization because since 2016 when the Rangers were you know arguably very very good and then they got you know thrown out of the playoffs by you know Jose Bautista and company and you know since then the Rangers have basically just been absolutely horrible so that, that's that's why I say first things first there has to be that they got to be everybody needs to be convinced of a potential and possible bright future because right now it, it it doesn't look like it's the case. I mean, the 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 hiring of Bocci indicates that there's a possibility of of, of of the process starting, but but it's you know it's one step at a time. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm definitely with you there. I definitely think that you do need a basis, and you can't just throw some guys out and let them perform. You do need that management to play a role, and you do need them to impact and take control of this team. And I think. 
uh, what you said before that there were other options to turn to and there were other managers that could have been, but they turned to Bocce and this might be a turning point in the Rangers organization. I don't know. As you said, they, they have to assemble the correct players. They need the correct pitching and that's it. That's it's as simple as that. On to the MVP and the Cy Young Awards. Last week, we were not able to cover that. Me and Chris stuck to Mariners, solely the Mariners. And that was fun. But me and Alex, Alex, we're going to take a deep dive into this, these awards. Starting off the AL Cy Young, JV. Aside from winning Cy Young, JV has already been in touch with multiple teams. The Mets spoke with JV earlier. The Mets also spoke with Tyone and Kodai Senga. The Mets are definitely on the verge, and they're definitely vying to sign a big pitching arm if DeGrom leaves. DeGrom has obviously received multiple contracts, talks, and he's all over the place, DeGrom, right now. So the pitching will definitely be a buzz this offseason. I'm excited. Uh, back to JV. Last year, the Yankees went for JV. They offered him 25 mil last season, but he evidently stuck with Houston on the same deal with a player option 2023. I just think that from that standpoint that JV decided to go back to Houston for the same deal with just a player option, I think it kind of shows that he wanted to stay in Houston and he didn't want to leave because he knew the potential and he knew that they deserved another ring and he wanted a ring. He wanted to ring to win a ring with that club. And obviously they did, but I think that definitely factors in when the Yankees offered him that 25 mil, but now the Yankees do have a chance to sign him. The Yankees checked in with Verlander earlier. Verlander, 1.75 ERA, 185 Ks, 175 innings pitch, 18 and four. <laughs> he took all 30 unanimously a total of 210 points. Alex, following Verlander was Dylan Cease and Alec Manoa. Do you think that maybe they could have gotten more votes and being that Cease just got 97, Manoa got 87, do you see any reason for them to receive more votes? Or do you think that unanimous for JV was the right call? I kind of believe it was the right call because let's not forget, if unless I'm wrong, Justin Verlander missed the entire 2021 season. That he did. He did, and it was quite impressive that he bounced back that quickly. But one thing it was, to note... Uh, was it? It, was, it was Tommy John's surgery, wasn't it? Yes, that it was. That it was. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he came back from that and then, you know, had a great season, you know, and Justin Verlander's been around for so long. I mean, you know, really, at, at this point, Justin Verlander is beyond deserving, and no, it's funny how you mentioned. Yeah, he, he he signs with the Astros for the for the exact same price. He was offered that money to the Yankees. You know, he, here in Texas, we always make the joke. Well, of course, why? Of course, you'll stay in Texas. You don't you don't pay state income tax. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I don't you know just just a key, you know this is just a little joke. I don't want to get political, but I think now on a serious note, look, the Yankees are the Yankees. You know, the Yankees are a rich organization. You know, obviously they're not the historic Yankees that the sport of baseball is used to seeing with the 27 World Series, all the legends throughout the decades, you know, going back to Babe Ruth, you know, the winning culture overall. 
the Yankees are just not the Yankees right now, if you know what I mean. Because the Yankees start out this correct me if I'm wrong, they start out the season terrific, and then things just and then all of a sudden something happens. They just hit something on the road. Like, you know, here we would say they hit a pothole, which, you know, causes damage to the to tires and the wheels and the car. The Yankees kind of recovered and made the playoffs, but I mean, the way they kind of lost in the playoffs, I mean, that just did not look good. And I think right now the manager of the Rain, uh, excuse me, the managers of the Yankees. That's what a lot of Yankee fans are upset about. Is is the I don't think they made a change in the managerial position. So right now Yankee fans are upset about it. You know, of course, right now there's all that talk about will Aaron Judge stay? Will Aaron Judge leave? So, but, but since we're talking about and. I'm not sure what Justin Verlander's situation right now is. is did he opt out of his contract? Or is he still is he still due to be in Houston for at least one more year? Yes, he did opt out of his contract. So okay, he so he's a, so he's so he's so he's already a free agent and he's going to test the market. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that the. I mean, let's be honest. The Yankees are always in a race. They have the money. They have the money. So, but at the same time. When people always say the Yankees have the money, I have to remind them, but yeah, they have the money, but they got to go after players that they need. They can't just go after the big names. Like, exactly. You, I, mean, I have you, to add you, can't, you, you can't utilize a publicity stunt uh, strategy because for publicity-wise, yeah, it might do you good, but at the end of the day, it's about winning. And the, and the Yankees, their last World Series was in 2009. Yeah. Listen, I'm a huge Yankees fan, so I'm going to have to vouch for you there. I do think that there is a fester of the management. I happen to believe that Aaron Boone is not the right manager for us. I do think that from a free agency perspective, I do think that the Yankees tend to lure in those guys on short-term deals. They lure in the vets, Josh Donaldson. They tend to lure in the wrong guys. They get Donaldson. They got kind of left out. They... Uh, kind of Falefa was expected to hit arbitration, but the Yankees extended him a $6 million deal. A little surprising there being that if the Yankees lose out on Judge, and if we lose out on Judge, that would mean that Cashman is heading towards the shortstop market. And with Bogarts, Correa, Swanson, and Turner, one of those guys could potentially come to the Yankees. But like you said... The Yankees always have money. We always have money. The Yankees will have money inevitably. So it's not that their money isn't an issue. The concern is they're not signing the right guys. Like you said, they need the guys who can come through. They need the guys who they can rely on. They can't just talk, sporge, sporge on these guys who won't provide perennial talent. And I think that's something to take into consideration. And I'm hoping for the best in, the, in this offseason. But the Yankees... And things need to change in the Bronx, and things need to change. Yeah, we should definitely spend some time talking about Aaron Judge as far as free agency in a little bit. But, you know, you, you see, now, if Justin Verlander, I think at this point, you don't sign him to a long-term deal because, you know, while he's still good, I mean, he's not he's not that young guy that we saw, you know, in, from like 2009 to 2013. He's still doing good, but at the same time, you don't want to. You don't. We don't really know how much he has left. Yeah, I mean, listen, still, he had a great season, but I mean, give him a twenty-five million dollar deal. He'll be fine. He's almost forty, like you said. He's he'll turn forty next season, so there's no reason to give him a three, four year deal. Sign up one, two years. Give him twenty-five, thirty mil, and he'll give you thirty starts 
and I'll give you a sub to ERA, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and if I would, you know, to sweeten the deal, if he, if he was think if, if he was saying this could be his last year, I would say, you know what? Well, uh, imagine if the Yankees even secure, even promised to secure him a role in, in in the in the team coaching. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll, we'll see how things pan out next few weeks. So I wanted to go back to the Cy Youngs. So this is kind of surprising to me. I was looking at Fangraphs earlier today, and I saw that Dylan Cease, who landed second behind JV. Aside from three months, April, May, and August, Cease had a sub-2 ERA. He did not hit three aside from those three months. And I think that if he stayed below three in all of those months, I definitely think it would have been a tighter race. And I think that these votes would be less disproportionate if not for that those three months. And one thing to note, this has kind of stood out to me. This is the first time that both the AL and NL Cy Youngs were unanimous. Danny McLean with the Tigers, 1.96 ERA, 31 wins. 28 of them were complete games. He was with the Tigers in 68. And Bob Gibson with the Cardinals, arguably one of the greatest pitching performances in a single season. He was with the Cardinals, Bob Gibson. He had a 1.12 ERA with 304 innings pitch. That is incredible. And this is kind of a unique year for the MLB being that these two pitchers, evidently, they're one of the best in baseball. But again, things like this don't happen again. You don't see that two pitchers are unanimous. So that kind of stood out to me. Um, AL, back to the NLSI, Young, Alcantara, six complete games, 228 innings pitched. It's kind of funny to me that... Alcantara threw so many innings that Nola, Austin Nola, who, Aaron Nola, sorry, he threw 205 innings and he ranked second. So Alcantara threw 23 more innings than the second to best in Nola. And he also had a 2.28 ERA with 207 Ks. Alex, we know that Max Fried and Urias placed second and third in this NL Cy Young voting, but do you think that it was kind of unfair where this, how this played out? Do you think that Max Fried and Julio Urias should have should have had a better chance, being that Urias had a low ERA, although he did have lower strikeouts? There's definitely the argument about the a about the National League Cy Young uh, results. You know, Sandy Alcantara. The, the, really, in my case, there's I, there's nothing negative to say about the guy. I mean, he's not perfect, but you know, I've had my eye on him for quite some time, and you know, the, the Miami Marlins are really trying to you know get back to you know being the contenders, and you know, it, I think they're coming off a rough season as well. I, I think it was also announced that uh, uh, the manager, uh, I forgot his, I forgot uh, Don Mattingly has uh, will not be returning, so. So yeah. right now we don't know what's going on right now with the Miami Marlins moving forward. So for for Sandy Alcantara to win the, the Cy Young, in his case, it is deserving. I mean, a lot of players deserve the award, but you know, it's it's hard to you know really at the end of the day, only one person can win it. But sometimes I always say, look, if you are nominated, that's that's definitely something. But you know, at the end of the day, these some of these players, what matters to them the most is I want the time, I wanted it because I know I earned it, but. 
Yeah. Danny Alcantara, like I said, there's valid arguments, but regardless of what we think, we can't say the guy didn't deserve it or that he won it by a fluke. Of course. Um, just to add to what you said, the Marlins did hire Skip Schumacher earlier a few weeks ago on, in uh, late October. So they do have that manager occupied. But like you said, at the end of the day, there's only one guy who we can give the award to, and that was Sandy Alcantara. So on to the MVPs. I don't think we're going to have to mention Judge because I think I've spoken about Judge too much, and I think I've raved about him too much because I'm an Yankees fan. But let's just go through his stats one more time. He led the league in war, 10.6, home runs, 62 RBIs. He tied it with Alonso with 131. Run scored 133, OBP 425. Slugging 686 and OPS 1.11. 28 out of those 30 votes were first place votes. And funny enough, two those two first place votes that were awarded to Otani came from LA representatives, which gave Otani those two votes. And Otani mounted 210 points in the voting. So Judge had 200 more points at Otani with 410. Jordan landed 22 third-place votes. He had 232 points. And the AL MVP, I'm pretty sure that judge was kind of the consensus here. Um, There was some discussions that Otani had a case because this Otani will just produce year a year again. And if he can just... Keep what he keep up what he's doing. If he can maintain that status of succeeding on both sides of the ball, there is he will definitely be part of MVP discussions every year. And but Judge, this is a season that will never be repeated again. And I think it was kind of clear cut that Judge will win it because this is not your average year and this is not conventional baseball because you don't see guys going out like this and. Hitting 62 home runs, unless you're Barry Bonds, unless you're Sammy Sosa. So I think it was clear that Judge would be awarded with the LMVP. Did he win by a landslide, by the way? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, he did win two, 28 out of 30 of the first place votes. Otani had 28 second place votes. He landed second. But yeah, Judge, Judge had 28 out of 30 first place votes. And so... It pretty much was essentially a landslide, yeah. Oh, all rise. All rise, yeah. You know, Aaron Judge is a player that I have a lot of respect for. And I'll be honest, the only time I probably did not root for the Yankees was, was when when, when uh, A-Roids was with, uh, was with the Yankees. I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of yes. Alex Rodriguez. Yes. Not because of, you know, even though when he left the Rangers, they sell to pay him. That's because of the idiot who gave him that contract. Um, Aaron Judge is great, and see – I don't have a problem with him winning, but I do believe Shohei Otani does. A lot of fans refuse to give him the, uh, enough credit. But I think the reason why, I think one thing that really kind of hurt Shohei Otani with his chances is because he's with the Angels. The Angels, what have they, what have they done? You know, since, what, what have they done in the like last 10 years or so? See, um, right there. See, nothing right there. really. <laughs> You, well, you answered the question by being silent because they've done nothing. <laughs> the Angels have basically proven, yeah, they're a team that will sign players to big contracts, but it does not go anywhere. They just throw money out there, or rather, actually, they waste that money. 
and they go nowhere. I mean, do I feel bad for Mike Trout? I mean, I, I guess to a point, but then some people will say, well, hey, he, he signed that extension when he did it, right? I'm like, okay. The, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or whatever the heck they're called now. I mean, I always call them the Anaheim Angels because they're, they're, not, they're not in Los Angeles. They're in Anaheim. I think the problem is, is because of the lack of success, nobody can take the Angels seriously. That's why I said when Albert Pujols broke that record and everything, I said that's why I'm glad he did not do it in, a, in, a, in an Angels uniform. I mean, that actually got me a little bit of heat. From Angels fans, but I could, but I could honestly care less. But I, th- I think it was also problem. that it was more, it was more of an accomplishment because he hit that home run in St. Louis. Yeah. Uniform. Yeah, he he he. he in other words, baseball wise, he did it at home, and, and I was happy for the guy. But you know, for for Shohei Otani, right now I'm, I'm really thinking like he has to find a way out of that organization. Now, where, where could Shohei Otani go? I mean. There's options out there. I'm, I'm sure the Red Sox, the Yankees. I mean, Red Sox and Yankees always come to mind. Some people, of, of course, you know, in Texas, some people will say they would love to have them in the Rangers. But, you know, I'm like, I doubt that that's, that's going to be even possible. But, yeah, but they're not trading him. They're not going to trade him. Manassian uh, <laughs> and and Moreno both said that they're not, not going to trade Otani. So he'll be in Angels uniform for quite some time because if the Angels are not willing to trade him, he's kind of stuck. And at this point, as you mentioned before, he will only get better. And for him to play on a team that's never going to accomplish anything and is going to stay the same and ultimately, no matter the manager, no matter the lineup that they put forward, it's just it's not working out in Anaheim. And I think for Otani... It's just time to leave, but he's kind of stuck because the Angels aren't willing to trade him. And the Angels already signed him to that $30 million contract for $30 million contract for 2023. So he's not even expected to hit free agency until 2024. So he's one year left under Angels. He probably told the Angels, this is it. After this season, there's no improvement. There's no whatever that I'm out of here. Exactly. Yeah. On to NL MVP. I think this was one of the closer races that we're going to discuss. This was probably the closest race. Goldschmidt takes 380 of the votes. 22 of them were first place votes. Second comes Machado, 290. Only 90 behind Mr. Goldschmidt. Arnado plays third. Freddie Freeman and then Betts. But the thing to one aspect which we should analyze is the Goldsmith and Machado comparison. Goldsmith and Machado had very similar seasons. Goldsmith 7.8 war, Machado 6.8 war. 178 hits for Goldsmith, 172 for Machado, 35 home runs for Goldsmith, 32 home runs for Machado, 317 batting average, 298 batting average. That was the that average kind of gave Goldsmith the edge, 317 compared to 298. I think that's what kind of gave him the edge. And he did have one whole point more of war. And Goldsmith as well also had more RBIs, 115 to 102. So 
I think it was the right call to give Goldschmidt that MVP. Alex, what's your input on this? Well, Gold, Goldschmidt's been around for a long time. Uh, you know, a veteran first baseman, you know, and I've kind of got a, a little bit of his uh, career right here, you know, 30, you know, 30, 35-year-old, I mean, it kind of, I mean, I, I don't even know how long, you know, it, it just feels like it's been forever. You know, he's a seven-time MLB All-Star. He, he's actually, he's led the National League in both home runs and RBIs before. Uh, that 2013 season is basically the best example of that. You know, the Hank Aaron Award for the National League, a Gold Glove Award, Silver Slugger Award. I mean, this dude's basically won everything there is to win aside from the World Series, you know. So he's got the individual awards, which which is great. But you know he he did win he did win a gold medal for his for his country. And some, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I feel like, <coughs> excuse me, that winning winning a gold for your country is probably even better than winning the World Series. <laughs> that's probably gonna not, that's probably not gonna go too well with, with some people. But <laughs> you know, uh, and I and I believe he grew up in the state of Texas too. I believe he he did a, he played college uh, baseball at Texas State University. He did. So, so for him to you know finally you know get you know for him to get that you know the MVP I I think it's about time you know it's it's just basically another award added to his major list of accomplishments you know he, he can put it in his trophy case that's something that's gonna go down you know in the in the family history as well so 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 right now honestly for me whether you agree whether I agree with it or not I feel like Paul Goldschmidt it's definitely been a long time coming so I really don't argue I'm not gonna argue about it. I just feel like, you know what, Let, let's give it to him. He's finally earned it. I definitely hear that <laughs> side. But again, then he, you must make the case for Machado. He as well has been in the league for 11 years. And for him to do what he does and consistently, I think Goldsmith, from a statistical standpoint, he did out beat him and he did beat him out. But I think Machado, there is a case and he definitely – Made a nice run for MVP, but at the end of the day, it was inevitable. It was inevitable for Goldsmith to win it. Arnado also made a nice run for that. He was flying for a few months, and when I mean flying, I mean it literally. Pulling up fan graphs as we speak, monthly splits. Mister Arenado, if you look at his splits. In compared to the first and second half, they're quite similar. And those months where he was hot in early March, April, July, and August, where he peaked in July. In the month of August, Mr. Arenado hit nine home runs, which is the most out of any month this season. He hit a whopping 364 with just 13 strikeouts in that month. His strikeout weight was quite low this year. And for him, to have the season that he had and now he signed a huge contract um in 2019 with the cardinals that contract obviously uh transferred from colorado to st louis so he's under team control for nine years now 275 million he's through 2027 the aav is 30.6 million and nolan Arenado. that's all we have to say for you guys. So now it's time to, before we wrap up, I just wanted to discuss the non-tenders that we saw earlier, the end of last week, some non-tenders to take note of. 
meaning that non-tender, they would be cleared for free agency. Cody Bellinger, the one and only MVP season rookie of the year. Guess non-tendered by LA. He won the MVP in 2019. Rookie of the year 2017. Was arguably the best player in baseball. And in 2022, from 2020, 2021, 2022, the kid has hit 20, 239, 165, 210 between those three years. And his home run count has plummeted since then. He hasn't hit above 20 since 2019. And his strikeouts rates have skyrocketed and they've essentially escalated a ton. And he's always been a strikeout guy, evidently. But at the same time, I think it was the right move to non-tender him. It's not that he's going to fall off the map. He definitely will get some interest from different teams. But I think it was the right move for them. Next, Dominic Smith from the Mets. Luke Voigt from the Nats. Franchi Cordero from the Red Sox. Alex Reyes from the Cardinals. Their former closer, who they're finally going to release. And finally, Jamer Condelaria, those others, but those are the ones that kind of stand out to me, especially Alex Reyes. He's been with those Cardinals since 2016, and for in 20 and 2021, he's had 29 saves in 2021, 3.24 ERA, but he was sidelined in 2022, and he hasn't pitched since. 2021 really he missed the entire 2022 season due to a injury and i think it was the smartest move um alex i know that one last thing before we close out what are your predictions regarding your texas rangers heading into the 2023 season to be honest i got i don't have Predictions because I really don't have any heavy expectations. Because based on how bad the team's been since 2016, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna sit there and and keep an eye out and and whatever happens, I'll believe it when I see it. Because right now, we know that for 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 many years to come, the Astros are still gonna rule the division with an iron fist. And speaking of the Houston Astros, when they won the World Series this year. It changed me. Like, I can finally be at peace with them because for so long I was angry with how they won the World Series in 2017. You know, I would say they're a disgrace to baseball. They're a disgrace, disgrace to the state of Texas. And I mean, overall, I'm happy for Dusty Baker more than anybody. I am because Dusty Baker is a, is a well-respected man in the sport of baseball, and he finally has a World Series. At least as a manager, I'm not sure about you know his about his playing days. So for Dusty Baker, I would I, w- I would have been happy more than anything. But of course, everybody would say, I mean, you're a Texan, you should root for the Astros, Mike. I suppose, but but now that they want it cleanly, well, at least I hope they did, unless something else comes up, which I really kind of honestly hope not. For them to win it, I'm fine. I can finally be at peace with it now, if, if if that makes sense. But but as far as the Astros go, yeah, they're not going to relinquish control of that division anytime soon. I mean, the Rangers could probably be a challenge all of a sudden, but we have to wait and see. But right now for the Rangers, a playoff appearance next season is... Right now I'm going to say no, because we have to see how the season plays out. But 
a while, if, if the Rangers make the wild card but don't win, that's definitely something to be proud of. At least they made the playoffs, but but the, the Rangers are going to have to build on, on some of the success. If they have some success next year, the Rangers have to build on it. Because it's, it's probably, it's probably going to be, be like three, four years before the Rangers can even, be, can even make it to World Series contention. But listen, there is, although there might be some concern for the coming years, I do think that there is talent on the team. No, you know, there's talent and there's some big names, but at the same time, how many times have we seen teams with all the talent in the world and they can't even get the job done? Exactly. Exactly. And just to add to what you said, um, I do want to dial in on a few guys in specific who could impact your Rangers in the near future. Brock Porter, Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter, Justin Foscu, Josh Young. Listen, while you may have those few guys in that lineup, you do have those Nate Lowe's, you have those Marcus Simeons, Corey Seegers, and Dolores Garcia. There is a ton of potential and a ton of future prospects who have emerged as threats and major threats. And although they just Porter and Rocker recently got drafted and Jack Leiter was the first overall pick, sorry, this is the second overall pick in the 2021 draft, the son of Al Leiter. And he has lights out stuff. He's already in double A. He did not have the greatest season, double A 5.54 ERA, but his ceiling is quite high, and I'm quite excited for these guys. And aside from Leiter, the guys I mentioned, Rocker and Porter, Foscu and Young. Young obviously got called up, but those two guys, Rocker and Brock Porter, I do think there's something to be excited about because those are two pitching prospects who couldn't make immediate impact for your struggling rotation. And I do think that it's someone to, and it's someone to consider potentially in the future. Yeah, you know, in the farm system, there's the, the, definitely those prospects, you know. But you know, right now, I'm always worried that the Rangers could trade them away because you know the Rangers have done that for so long. So we got to see how the organization goes moving forward. You know, yeah. John Ramos isn't there anymore. You know, the current uh, GM, I believe, who brought in Bruce Bocce. You know, the fact that he knows him, you know, he played under him, he knows the guy very well. So you know, that's why he was it, it was able to work. So. So, so moving forward, it's how the organization is ran. And I think it's going to be run a bit different. So hopefully things work out well. Yeah. Trading in the potential prospects just puts you back at square one. If, if you keep doing that, you're not going to move forward because you keep pushing yourself back. I wish the best for your Rangers the upcoming season. And I, I'm, this has definitely been fun. And I do think we should do this again. Well, hopefully next time I won't be sick. <laughs> yeah um feel good it was great speaking great speaking with you for the listeners i hope you enjoyed this pod again check out alex's five podcast go check him out at bear man of tx it was great this podcast is great and i will see you guys next week all right well thank you very much and th- have a good night everybody